One of the, the memories that will always stick with me from the last 15 months is leading worship in this sanctuary during our Sunday worship services that we offered online. These moments didn't just happen once, they happened again and again and again. Any Sunday where I was the celebrant and I was the one leading prayers, I would be in this church almost alone. For you see, Reverend Katie and JK and and the reader and the psalm soloist, they would all be in different places. In the sanctuary, there was only me and Dave. And I will always remember how surreal it was to to try to reach beyond the glass lens of the camera, to try to connect with the people on the other side. There were times where I could feel the presence of others joining me as we lifted our hopes and our pain to God. But honestly, there are other times where it felt artificial and disembodied and disconnected. And it always, always felt a bit sterile. But even more than remembering trying to lead prayers into a camera, unbelievable. Uh, The thing that I will probably remember the most is the times where there were others like Reverend Katie or JK, they they were doing their part. And I would find myself sitting in a chair right here, behind the communion rail, wearing our finest vestments, staring at all of these empty pews in a nearly empty church. Now, usually in those moments, the predominant feeling I had was loneliness. The sanctuary was built as a place of gathering, of of assembly, of community. And there is no doubt that this can be a powerful place to pray in alone. And if you haven't tried it, please do. But on Sunday morning, you can feel this space yearn for bustle and commotion. You can feel it yearn for celebration and tears. You can feel this space yearn for communion. And I always felt like we were doing the right thing by moving our worship online. And yet in those moments, sitting in my chair, there were times where the the heartbreak of what we had lost with our inability to, to physically gather would just wash over me. And indeed, the loss I felt in those moments would point beyond just our inability to come together, but, but more would point to the tremendous loss and suffering that was happening in the world all around us. During the times when, 
when others were doing their parts. When Reverend Katie was preaching or there was a video anthem that was being offered, I would sit in my chair behind the rail and behind the rail in an empty church, staring at row after row of empty pews. And more often than not, I would feel loss. But not just loss. I would also feel hope. I, I felt hope because if I stared at these empty pews and then I lifted my eyes just up a little bit, then I would see Jesus. I would see Jesus in our wonderful and beautiful Jesus window that is on the west side of the church. There he would be. And I would see Jesus and I would know that Jesus was present. I would see Jesus and I would hear the echo of his words that whenever two or three are gathered together in his name, he will be in the midst of them. I would see Jesus and I would remember that we are all connected one to another. Each of us members of the body of Christ. And I would see Jesus, and I would remember, as Paul said in his letter to the Romans, that that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from the love of God. And if God's love binds us to God, then God's love binds us together as well. Even the living to the dead. I would see Jesus, and I would know that, yes, I was basically alone, and that yet we were together. Weeping may spend the night, but joy comes in the morning. The irony of this time is that I have become acutely aware of how connected I am to the community of faith, how much I I need the community of faith. I've become newly aware of how much I need the church. I need the rhythms of our common life. I need these Sundays. I need the morning prayers. I need the Bible studies. I need the, the gathering in fellowship. I need the pastoral calls. I'm newly aware of how much I need it all to sustain my own faith. For me, during the pandemic, God was most present, most real, most there when I was virtually gathered with members of this congregation. It strikes me, if you if you take a charcoal briquette out of a fire, then it will sputter and go out. But if that same briquette is in close proximity to other briquettes, it will receive heat 
from the others, and it will give its own heat in kind. The charcoal briquettes can only burn brightly together. They can only burn brightly in community. And so, too, I think it is with us. God created us to be in relationship, created us to be together, created us for communion with God and one another. We were created to burn brightly together. One of the the many losses that we have all experienced during this still continuing ongoing pandemic, which is not over, is the loss of connection, the fragmentation of community. In a society where we are already so atomized, by necessity, we needed to become even more so because of the virus. And I don't imagine that we've really begun to fathom the depths of the harm of this time more than the very real ongoing physical effects that some have experienced, more than the personal loss that so many have experienced, more than the economic hardship, the mental anxiety. There is so too this this loss, this harm, ongoing harm, to our sense of connection and communion. And I think that the echoes of the pandemic will reverberate for years and years to come. And yet this morning, this morning, we gather to affirm the bonds that connect us. This morning, we gather to affirm our communion as we receive communion. For the first time since early March of last year, we are gathering together physically in this space to celebrate the Eucharist. Now, of course, not everyone can be here. Some need more time before they can worship in person. Some need to stay away for health reasons. Others are far, far away. And yet here, here we are. And that here includes those who are worshiping with us online. They're here with us too. We are here. We are here to affirm that Christ is with us. We are here to give thanks to God for God's ever-abiding and present love. This morning, we, we heard Psalm 30. This psalm is a, is a proclamation of praise and thanksgiving after recovery from illness. The psalm has known real pain, real hardship, real suffering. There have been times where she has experienced God's absence amidst her troubles. Times where she thought that she was lost. And yet, 
And yet there is also this, this interplay of hope that runs through that psalm. The psalm, the psalmist pleads, what profit is there in my blood if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you or declare your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. O Lord, be my helper. Of course, that is a cry of need, if there ever was one. But it's also a cry of hope. It's a cry of need because she longs for God to act. But it is a cry of hope because she trusts that God will indeed act. And indeed, her grief is transformed. She declares to God, you have turned my wailing into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. This morning, we gather to proclaim that weeping may spend the night, but the joy, joy comes in the morning. This morning, as we gather around Christ's table, this morning, as we share in the sacrament of Christ's presence, this morning, as we receive a a foretaste of the heavenly banquet, this morning, in our little sacramental meal, we declare that in Christ, God binds our wounds, that God makes us whole, and heals us of all that would threaten us. Here, here we declare at Christ's table that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from the love of God. And so, good morning. Good morning. For indeed, weeping may spend the night, but joy... Joy comes in the morning. Amen.